Thank you. Turn in your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. And right before we do, I know we've had a lot of things here, but this won't take long and it's very important. If you are serving or have served in our military, uh, or you're the wife or husband of someone who has given the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our nation to provide the liberties that we have, we, this, is, this is honoring that service. If you're a veteran, would you stand real quickly for us? For 30 years, I've enjoyed the freedom to preach God's word because of your sacrifice, and I'm very grateful. Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 13, would you stand with me one more time for the reading of God's word? And then you won't have to stand again unless you need to go to the restroom or something. Hebrews 11, 13, part 10 in our series, By Faith, Facts, Myths, and Miracles. Verse 11 says this, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but they saw them afar off, and they were persuaded of them, and they embraced them, and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Mark that in your Bible. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they'd been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one, Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared, past tense, for them a city. Let me just read this to you out of Colossians 3. Just two verses out of two translations. God's word and the message, which is a paraphrase. Since you were brought back to life with Christ, focus on things that are above, where Christ holds the highest position. Keep your mind on things above, not on worldly things. Same verse in a paraphrase. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. One of the truest indicators of divine life abiding in a person, regeneration, salvation, forgiveness, grace, that they possess that is that they now no longer fit in here. Our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. We are not citizens here. The idea of soldier, uh, sojourners, Pilgrims, strangers, aliens, if you will. Much is said about uh, the illegal aliens and the the immigration and all of that. But you understand, you're you're a legal alien here, but you don't fit in here. We've been transformed. And what's missing, maybe because the new life is missing, what's missing is the evidence of the ones that have been recreated How can you be recreated for a different environment and be comfortable in this one? Spiritual pilgrimage is one of the evidences of that new life. 
That's what I want to talk to you about this morning, spiritual pilgrims. Number one, spiritual pilgrims are the result of divine revelation, divine promises. It said they, they having seen the promises, Abram, Noah, uh, Isaac, Jacob, all of them seeing the promises concerning, uh, well, Noah, of course, concerning the end of the world, and we, we've already discussed Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. But especially Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, they saw the promises afar off. And this revelation of God taking them to a land where he would later show them. And later an occupation of it. They saw them. There was a revelation that that was not only theirs, but it was God who was giving it to them. They saw this because their eyes were open to the truth. Their eyes worked. They saw the promises at a distance. Because their spiritual vision was strong. They saw them clearly because their spiritual vision was sharp. They saw them constantly because their vision was intentional, focused, and narrowed, specific. And they saw them because they are connected to them like a homing device. Israel is the land that God gave Abraham and his children. Period. doesn't matter how you reconstructed on a map, they are drawn to it, shall be drawn back to it, and Christ will come back to the earth and rule and reign during the millennial reign Therefore, for the thousand-year period. That is where God put his name. It's his home. Now, we as believers, in, in, in the spiritual, there's a homing device for us, not for a national land, but for the coming together and the kingdom of God and the age of ages. And we have promises, promises of mercy, salvation, resurrection, eternal life, wholeness, joy, a place where there's no sorrow, no tears for the former things have passed away and God is going to make all things new. When you have a revelation of, of eternity waiting on you, the millennial reign on the earth, then the age of ages where we abide with the Lord forever, it's like a homing device that pulls you that way. Why would I settle here when I don't belong here? This is not my home. Any of you ever seen, well, you might see them on the beach. It's kind of like you can group them with the people that look for coins. You know, the guy out there with the headphones and he hadn't bathed in a couple weeks and he's on the beach. He's looking for coins. And then you got the people with the little cars on the beach and they're running the cars 20, 30 miles an hour. I'm thinking, read a book. Just sit, you know, sit and rest. But they're playing with the thing. That's kind of amazing though. So you have a little box, you have a car. And he's making it go wherever he wants to go. And then they're kind of nerdy and they'll try to get it close to you and kick up a little dirt on you and then act like they didn't mean to, you know. So it's my experience. So just follow me. I'm going somewhere. I'm not just on a rant. So they're doing the little dial. And another guy puts his car out there and it ain't moving. But this guy's is moving because there is something in the controller that talks to the thing in the car, they're compatible. It looks the same, but it ain't the same. Now, the other guy turns his box on, and his little dune buggy starts running around on the beach because they're connected. As believers, if you work, if there's something in you, you are seeing the promise of heaven and it pulls you. It moves you. There's, you have energy that other people do not have because God is playing with the controllers. Getting you ready. 
to go home and to be with him. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. These pilgrims are confident in the promises. It said they were persuaded of them. I love answering the questions. So you really believe you're the Lord's and you're going to reign with him and you're, you're going to have eternal life. Yes, absolutely. Persuaded of the promises. They were spiritual pilgrims. And this revelation, the result of divine revelation, they become intertwined with them. It said embraced the promises, which means it became part of their fabric. You can't separate an Israelite from Jerusalem and you can't separate a believer from the hope of heaven. And in the end, we're all going to be made twain again, one body fulfilling the, the law and the prophets and all coming together. It's part of us. You can't talk about Israel without talking about the body of Christ. You really can't talk about the body of Christ without talking about Israel. And you can't talk about any of us without talking about home. Home. We're not getting this. I'm amazed at the teachers and preachers. We're getting this place ready so Jesus can come back. You're not going to have a kingdom until you have a king. We're not getting anything ready. He's the king. And he's going to rule with righteousness. He's going to rule with the rod of iron. He's going to do that. They are defined by them. It said they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They were vocal. How many of your friends would say of you, they they don't really fit in here? And I don't mean because you're weird. If you're weird, that's a different thing. God doesn't get any glory. And I always say, weird is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I don't belong here. I don't know of anyone that has a richer life than me. This is not my home. I'm an alien. They talk languages I don't understand. I'm not talking about natural languages. They have priorities that I cannot identify with. They have allowances that I find repulsive. It's like we don't belong And it's the evidence of our citizenship because if we were of this world, we'd love this world and this world would love us. But because we're not of this world and we declare plainly, unashamedly that this is not my home, don't like it here. I'm not a pessimist. I'm not not cynical. I just don't fit in here because right now this world is governed by the prince and powers of the air uh, under, under the guise of Satan himself who hath blinded the eyes of them that believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Are you vocal about your desire for heaven? Are you, are, you, are, are you confident and unashamed in speaking to people? See, these spiritual pilgrims, don't blame us. We, this is a result. This mindset is a result of regeneration and revelation. And because of this revelation, it is now in our car that every time the Spirit reminds us of something, we're drawn towards eternity. We're not building our life here. We don't fit in. Um, we don't laugh at what they laugh at. We don't... <laughs> it's, it, you're just, it's like taking magnets and turning them backwards. You can get them a little close, but they don't like this. And if you love this world, the Bible said the love of the Father is not in you. It's not in you. Well, I love the world and it's in me. Well, somebody's lying. And being that God doesn't lie, 
I guess that leaves us. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. It doesn't mean that you can't have joy and enjoyment in the world. It just means that you're crystal clear that I don't belong here. How many Yankees we have transplanted? Real Yankees. Like you still talk Yankee. Okay. You came to Osceola, Georgia, <laughs> or below the Nat line, that is third world. If, I don't know if you've been below the Nat line. I've preached below the Nat line. And they'd be in service with gnats all on their lip. And they wouldn't even fan it. That's how you know who's a local. If you don't have to do that, you're local. And they step off and they go, Yankees go, what planet did I step into? Now, depending on how long, and there are some exceptions. But you need to know the irony and the funny part of this. For those of you that are true Yankees, you know how easy we are to spot? You're just as easy to spot. They go, hey, you know, I don't know how, I can't imitate, but they say, say that again. And you'd say, y'all, and they'd laugh. And you get in the car and go, did you hear this broke talking? I couldn't understand anything he said. Strangers, aliens. Now, over time, over, my my mother-in-law is uh, from Maine, and uh, she has several little words that I still find funny and her syntax. But she talks kind of southern But if she goes home and visits for like two weeks, she comes back and she's articulate again. (laughs) She has proper syntax. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We need to make sure that we never lose who we really are. You may wear on me a little bit. But all it takes is a few minutes in God's word and God's presence. And you come right back and go, I don't belong here. This is not my home. Number two, spiritual pilgrims are never at home in this world. That's what I just said. They are not at home here and they're not confused about it. They're not at home because of the terrible conflict within. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. And Lot was vexed in his soul every day by the the unrighteousness around him. You turn on the television, you're vexed. You turn on the internet, you're vexed. You go to work, you're vexed. Perpetually vexed unless you allow your heart to get hardened with the deceitfulness of sin so that you don't feel the vexing anymore. I told you, we don't even go to movies anymore. I've walked out of so many. You know, you spend $25 and watch eight minutes, and then you leave just vexed, vexed. And other, oh, you, you have never seen anger when you try to explain a conviction to a carnal Christian. I hit something then, didn't I? This don't fit. Perpetually vexed. We're on my little kids, Bubble Guppies. I have seen every episode of Bubble. Bubble Guppy, Bubble Puppy, Lana, Gil. I know all of them. I know all the songs. And if if I ever saw a Frozen character, I'd choke them out right in Disney. On the channel, on the channel, the commercial followed uh, with sexual overtones and fornication on, on the channel. And I jumped up and you know, turned it off just, just yesterday. just vexed me to no end. And you need to understand that this is not about us making the world right. We're not going to make the world right. It's about us holding on to our righteousness and being unspotted 
about not wanting to, to change in the sense of I'm not trying to adapt to your country. I'm existing and I'm living, but this is not home for me. We're never at home because it's not what was promised. Because the world is governed by Satan himself, temporarily filled with violence, ignorance, arrogance, and perversion. Good is called evil and evil is called good. And the wisdom of this world is absolute foolishness. And fools are in the majority. You do know that common sense is no longer common. You do know that. I'm going to give you one. Just one that doesn't have to do with being a conservative, Bible thumper, just common sense. And respectfully, you can even put Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Okay, we can't even use that. Okay. If I pick up a turtle egg in Daytona Beach and crack it, it's a felony. But you can murder a baby and it's paid for by the government. Now, wait a minute. minute. But that ain't a turtle, man. It wasn't even born yet. It's, It's not a turtle. That, that's a turtle in, in forming stages. It's, an, it's a turtle. But that's not a baby being formed. Just that alone. How readest thou? How understandest thou? Foolishness. We don't fit in here because there is no, there is no recognition, awareness, appreciation of right or wrong, of common sense, where a monetary crime It's punishable to 50 and and 60 years, but you can rape someone and get off in a year or or six months. You see what I'm saying? It's out of balance, out of whack. And, And I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm trying to show you that it's natural to feel these things because we don't fit here. We don't fit here. Ups up is down, down is up. We're not at home because the world is so dark and we're children of light. We're not at home because this world is so disappointing. It doesn't make the appointment of our expectations. It doesn't satisfy us. Oh, if I can just get out of school. Oh, if I can just get out of college. Oh, if I can just get married. Dear Lord, what was I thinking? Oh, if I can just get to this next job. And, you know, I mean, if you look at the the, the futility of it, We spend all of our health to obtain wealth. We get old. We spend all our wealth to try to buy back our health, and we die. John, I'm glad I came today. I'm ready to jump off something. (laughs) But think think of the absurdity of it, and that's what it solidifies our pilgrim mentality that we're going somewhere. This is not it. This is not home. I don't like it. I don't fit in here. I'm disappointed. Wouldn't you look good in this car? I claim it in Jesus' name. Well, you better claim the payments that come with it. And it gets old and, you know, they tell you it retains its value. You paid 50 for it and six years later you trade it in. They give you nine for it, you know. And you, you disappoint. Disappointment is in everything. It's in every relationship It's in everything that you own, everything that you buy, everything that you experience. We are not fulfilled, and that is the gift of God to you. To let you know that even though I have joy unspeakable in this world, 
and full of glory. Something's missing. Are you ready? Someone is missing. I'm in the wrong place opening these gifts. It's wonderful that I have Isabel and Elisha and Olivia and Kelly, but I don't have Isabel, Elisha, Olivia and Kelly in the presence of the Lord. Something's missing and there's disappointment at every turn that lets us know that it's not going to all come together for you till it all comes together. We are not at home here because we are unwelcome. We're despised, mocked, and persecuted. We are not at home because our heart consistently tells us so. We are not at home. Are you ready for a profound statement? Because we're not at home. Those of you that we just honored and our our veterans, I know you know my heart, so don't take this the wrong way. Let me tell you the difference between a believer and a patriot. And I have deep reverence for all who serve. Patriots are moved by the song of their nation. You see them at the Olympics when a small third world land will win and they play their national anthem and the tears just course down the white, the red, the yellow, the black, and they focus in on the the drama of that moment. And they want the world to know, I represent the U.S., I represent Germany, I represent China. And they say, I've never had a feeling like that because that is citizenship. That's what we feel in worship. Do you understand? The national anthem touches my heart, but the songs of faith moves my heart because I live in the United States temporarily, but heaven is my home. And when you sing of the Christ and you sing of the world to come and you sing of Beulah land and you sing of the millennial reign and you think you sing of all the things culminating into him, I stand on a platform, I stand in a pew and I straighten my shoulders to go, that's my song. That's my song. More so than the national anthem. God have mercy on those that disrespect that for the sacrifices made. But that's not our primary song. It's a secondary song. Our song. What is it? Blessed assurance we sing. This is my song. I can tell where I'm from because when they play his anthem, it moves me to tears. It moves me to worship. It moves me to Uh, prostrate prostrate myself on the ground. It moves me to expression. We're never at home at this world and we're unashamed to say so. We declare plainly that we seek another country. We are unashamed and are never at home in this world and have turned our back upon it. Listen to what it says. And truly, if they'd been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have opportunity to return. This is where some of your struggle is. You got just enough of God not to enjoy the world and just enough of the world not to enjoy God. Undecided. Can you imagine your husband 
after committing to you, said, you know what? I really like you, girl. I really do. I mean, I think I want to spend about 50 weeks a year with you exclusively. But two weeks. I got this girl I knew in high school. She's a sweet girl, good personality. And I want to spend a week with her, and then I want to spend a week, you know, just looking at my options. And the last time a husband tried that, you know, he didn't see his wife for about three weeks. And then that left eye opened up just a little bit so where he could see her. You know why you keep going back? Because you're open to going back. Had they been mindful, who's they? Abram, Isaac, Jacob. Had they been mindful of the land of Ur of the child Israel? Had they been mindful? But they closed the door. There's some doors God closes and there's some doors that you close. And Moses, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the children of Israel than enjoy the pleasures of Egypt for a season. He closed the door, said, I turned my back on everything to walk this pathway. Pilgrims unashamedly turned their back on the world to the mockery, disdain, and hate of all those that say, what's wrong with this place? And I'm simply not at home here. It's not my home. They're not fulfilled. They desire a better country. Spiritual pilgrims are preoccupied with things above. Are you a pilgrim? Are you a stranger? Are you an alien to this world? Believers will, in so many words, tell me, well, I like it here. I'm, I'm okay here. Then I would, I would ask you to prayerfully look at your conversion experience because you, you can't get along. How many of you are hot natured? Okay. Can you sleep hot? Okay. Didn't you marry somebody that is freezing in July? Yeah. And those of you that are hot natured, if they roll up against you, just the just one breath, you feel like you're melting. You just, we just we're married, but you, you can't change how you know, and now we can't take off but so many clothes. Y'all can put on clothes, the argument against the air conditioner, put on a scarf, earmuffs, hat, shoes, raincoat, stump towel. You know, we're walking around in a wife beater. <laughs> and I'm using silly things to draw, to see, I'm not comfortable here. And it doesn't matter what you do to try to tell me that I shouldn't be this way. I'm hot here. I don't, I don't, I don't like it here. And hot-natured people, you know, we go up north and we can handle it. But if you married someone, you know, this real, real small, kind of like a car antenna, you know. <laughs> if you married somebody that whistles when they run, <laughs> striped pajamas got one stripe. <laughs> That's a solid. Did you get it? They get off the plane in Buffalo. <laughs> plane over, they just... Ain't no mannequin, they froze. You got to pick them up, but they're light. So you can pick them up, put them over your shoulder and throw them out, you know. The world tries to turn on air conditioning for us. And they try to woo us with their songs and their shows and their possessions. And the truth is, I just don't feel comfortable here. And I look for a 
different city whose builder and maker is God. Spiritual pilgrims, this is how you know them. They're preoccupied with things above. Their life is centered around things above. We don't add the kingdom of God to our life. It is our life. Their life is patterned after things above. Their purpose becomes clear in the things above. Their affections are moved by the things above. Their peace is found in things above. Their joy is realized in the things above because this is where their Lord is. It's where their heart is. It's where their treasures are, and it's where their future is. I can tell where you live by how you spend your life. That's all I got to watch. What makes you laugh? What makes you cry? What makes you fulfilled? And there are many people that have attended Protestant churches and the preacher said, just believe on the Lord. I believe. And he said, you're saved and told them they're saved and they go to church and they're not saved. They are not born again. They've not been recreated in their heart because a mental agreement with the identity of Jesus Christ does not bring salvation. The devil believes that Jesus is the Christ and he ain't saved. It's a firm, relying, exclusive trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ which produces a change so unmistakable to the person that experienced it. Somebody asked me one time, how do you you know that you're saved? How do you know when you take a rock out of your shoe? You go, it's gone. Give me just one moment on this and we'll be done in just a second. I remember when I was, when God saved me, how different everything was. I remember walking into the Christian bookstore the first time and sobbing like a child. I remember like yesterday. Now, I didn't go to Christian bookstores, you understand? I didn't go to church. Why would I go to church? You know, people always trying to get their lost friends to go to church, and that's a wonderful thing, but what do they want to go there for? So I I walked in the Christian bookstore, and the simplest of things, no one had to tell me I was saved. I remember this cheesy picture. I'm sorry if you got this hanging up in your house. Don't write me. Please don't write me. It was 30 years ago, okay? So this little lamb had fell off the cliff, but there was a little baby cliff under the cliff. So it only fell about 10 feet, okay? And the shepherd had his hand on the tree or something and was reaching down and had just about grabbed the lamb. That was it. So here I am. I'd been drunk four or five nights a week for seven years. Just got saved. Don't know Jesus from TJ Maxx, really, the difference. I knew what salvation was, but I'm brand new in the faith I go in this Christian bookstore and I see this picture and it's like watching, it's like concentrating a hundred Hallmark movies at one time, you know. I just melted. I out loud, that's me. That's me. I mean, I was just sobbing. No, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. I was like, you know, I had to buy something to blow the nose. I was just horrible. And I was like, That's how he did. And he said, oh, well, God would never do that. No, he wasn't doing anything. It was for me letting me know, what is wrong with you? I'm seeing things I never saw. I'm feeling things I've never felt because I am not who I used to be. Not who I used to be. Change. 
had come over me. And later I began to understand that not only was I the lamb, a lamb that he would search for, I was the son that he would wait on. And later I would understand all the other things that makes me so completely confident in my identity and my journey. And don't try to tell me I belong here when I know good and well I do not. Speaking of freezing people, once again, guys, you can turn the air off. we got ladies that haven't moved in quite a while, and I'm worried about them. <laughs> Lisa, would you come play for me this morning? Do you mind? Or has he got his set up here? Does he need to come? Come on. Spiritual pilgrims are preoccupied with the next life. You know what I love to see? And I, I'm not saying this just to point out, but I see Jake and our other commanders, you know, very successful men, uh, in life and ministry, and you, you interview a guy and you, or you meet someone and say, hey, what do you do? And he said, oh, I, I work with the Rangers. Oh, and I practice law. When I hear something like that, I go, oh. like Eden, what do you do? I'm a worship leader. Oh, and I, I'm a, a happily married housewife, got a wonderful family. Where you see who you are in God first, it's an evidence. It's, it's, a, it's a proof of. It's the first thing you think about when you wake up. It's the last thing you think about when you go to bed. And some of you have been living in a foreign land, kind of incognito. You know what the world offers you? A place to hide where no one knows you and you can just act like no one knows the difference, but you know. Anybody else beside me ever pray drunk? I remember I would cry. Because see, I was raised in a Christian home. My daddy knew the Lord Jesus. My mother knew the Lord Jesus. I was raised in it. And I'd cry. I was stumbling drunk. Because I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. What was I apologizing for? Just the drunkenness? No. That, that was the expression. That wasn't the problem. The problem was I wasn't living in the Father's house. Close. Unashamed consistently. I wasn't shaped by the Father's ideas and I wasn't, I was living a lie. And all of that balances out when you realize that if, it's like all the stuff here, where you live, where you work, what you drive, what you own is all peripheral and you see the pathway leading to eternal life and you say, I'm a pilgrim I'm journeying. I'm going somewhere. We're not ashamed of our Lord. We're not ashamed of the narrow pathway. People say, you're just so narrow. Yes. Narrow is the way that leadeth to life. Yes. Few there be that find it. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there go in thereat. I'm not ashamed of the Lord, the pathway, or my destination. Those who profess faith but are not pilgrims in this world, those of you that are carnal Christians or backslid Christians, humbly I offer this to you and you see if this is true. You're probably deceived. But I, I couldn't be a wood without being a wood. And you can't be a Christian if you're at home in the world. You're a pilgrim. Those who profess faith but are not pilgrims are not distinguishable from the world. Those who profess faith 
and are not pilgrims are at home being citizens of this world. Those who profess faith but are not pilgrims in this world are walking in circles, wasting their time, their talents, and their opportunities. Those who profess faith and are not pilgrims in this world have in fact sold their birthright for a bowl of soup. Those who say they are of faith and are not pilgrims, listen, are already home. This is some of the reason of the desperation you see on TV. Because if this is all I have and it goes away that I don't want it to go, what is left? Paul said it this way. If you have hope in this life of Christ only, you're of all people most miserable. People who profess Jesus and are not pilgrims are already home. And if this is all there is, how misery, how miserable is that going to be for them? And finally, spiritual pilgrims, or those who profess faith, I should say, but are not pilgrims in this world, have nothing else to live for. It is not important that you understand all the socioeconomic and geopolitical dynamics that are going on in this world. It's okay to, it's okay to watch the signs of the times, but that's not, that's not primary for the believer. It's not important that you can understand and teach all of the deepest mysteries. The primary importance, it flows from this. The primary importance is that you know who you are and you know where you're going. I am a believer, a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And heaven is my home. I'm not mistaken. When you're more troubled about what's happening or not happening in the local church than you are in your nation. Pilgrims. Strangers. Aliens. Very soon to be in the majority. Now... We are poor, but we shall be rich. Now we are mocked, but soon we'll be accepted in the beloved visibly. Now we are ridiculed, then we'll be elevated. And there will come a cry from heaven that says, who are they? And angels will cover their faces and they say, that's the redeemed of the Lord. Us, pilgrims now, princes then. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of His words. Don't be ashamed of His way. Be confident, meek, but bold. And said, I declare, I want you to know. So I'm going on record again. I have for 30 years. I'm going on record again. This is not my home. I don't belong here. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. When Rabbi Greg and his congregation and all of the Messianic Jews, and all of the Gentiles, we who are engrafted in, all come together, and the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God. That's what's going to happen. So rest easy. It's not what we do as a nation. It's what Christ does with his kingdom. That's what's the, the primary issue. 
Now, the secondary issues, you can have all that, and you can try to undo that ball of yarn for the next eight years if you want to. I live here, but I don't belong here. Because no matter where you put me, I'm God's. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? Greg, I want to use you one more time. Will you pray over us? Pray a blessing over us. Would you do that for me? Here you go. Come on. It's so good to have you today. I think this was the Lord's doing. Just take it. I had a great time. <laughs> I, I heard so many uh, great things that nourished my soul. Um, really, you, you, uh, God really uses you beautifully. And uh, I'm sure you know how fortunate you are. I don't have to tell you. But, um, wow, what a great thing. Um, I'm not really that great at praying. I'm kind of a lousy prayer person. Um, but there's a, there's a prayer um, in, in the Bible. It's the only one, not to get too preachy, but it's the only one that God um, uses in number six. He, uh, told, he told Aaron, who was the high priest, like John is the high priest here, he said, Moses said, look, this is the way God wants you to bless you know, his children. And um, when Jesus prayed over his, his disciples right before he ascended, maybe he said this. I can't think of anything better to say because it's so incredibly powerful. So I'm going to say it over you in parting. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his very countenance upon you and give you his peace in the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua. Shalom.